Christianity focuses on the cross. On the hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied, glory to his name. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, and at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, Behind me on the wall is a cross. It's a, uh, uh, a very nicely built and sanded and stained cross that you see behind me. Behind you, I see a cross that uh, we were given as a gift, I don't know, four, five, six years ago. And uh, the fact is that of the two, that looks more like what the cross of Jesus Christ looked like than this one behind me. I like this one behind me. I'm not, nothing against it. But uh, that probably looks a lot more like the cross that Jesus uh, was crucified on. Now, the fact is, just to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, that is, uh, would have to be a little bit bigger for a man to be uh, nailed to it. And uh, if you've ever tried to move, don't try to move that. It's, it's secured to the wall. But if you've ever tried to move that cross, it is a heavy cross. And so when Jesus carried that cross after he had been, uh, not that cross, but the cross that he carried, when he carried the cross after he had been uh, beaten beyond recognition and uh, he was in great pain, and when he carried that cross, that if sometime if you have the opportunity and you have some supervision and we can disconnect that from the wall, if you could lift, if I said to you, your job is to take that cross from there and take it outside, uh, almost everybody in this room would have to get some help. And the cross that Jesus carried had to be larger than that cross. And just to understand the burden that he bore as he carried the cross for us. But Christianity places great emphasis on the cross. And yet as much as we place emphasis on the cross, the greatest of Christians does not value the cross as we should. The reason we don't value the cross as we should is because we don't understand where we would be without it. If Jesus had never died... now. I'm not even going to address this morning. I'm simply going to mention the fact that whether you agree with this statement or not, you ought to consider it, that the human race would not even exist today if Jesus had not died for our sins. And I could take the time to explain why that's true, but if you believe the Bible, you have to believe that that is true. But I want to go to a different place this morning and talk about where we would be without the cross, assuming everything else were the same, assuming that there still were a human race, where would we be without the cross of Jesus Christ? Now, first of all, I want to say that without the cross, men would have no interest in God. See, Jesus said, no man can come to the Father unless the Father draws them to him. And then he said, and not very far from there, he said, if I be lifted up, talking about being lifted up on the cross in, in death, I will draw all men unto me. So nobody comes to God unless God draws them, but it's the cross that draws every man. 
But even that truth I'm going to leave aside as we talk about this morning where we'd be without the cross. Imagine any person. Even though without the cross we wouldn't even want God because it's the cross that draws us to God, the Bible teaches. But let's imagine for a second that without the cross you did still want God. That without the cross you looked to heaven and you said, God! I want to be close to you. Now, that wouldn't happen without the cross. The Bible says twice in the book of Psalms that the Lord looked down from heaven and found that he couldn't find any man that was seeking after him. So I say again to you, we're going to pretend for a second that we would want God even without the cross. And so there there was no cross of Christ for a second. And we come to God and we say, God, I want to know who you are, oh Lord. Do we, you, you created me and, and, and you, you put me in this, this world and, and the, the whole purpose for my existence is you. There's no reason to be here, this, this tiny little dot in this universe of ours. If you've ever seen any kind of presentation of the size of the universe, I mean the earth is a speck of dust. I mean, you talk about Horton, here's a who. We're not even that big. The earth is a speck of dust in this massive universe. And God, here I am, a tiny speck of dust on a tiny speck of dust, floating through this, and for some reason, you've chosen to pay attention to me. That unbelievable. But I went back into Crossville. we got to take the cross out of it, okay? Without the cross, Lord, here I am on, on, here I am on this planet Earth. I want to know you. Now listen carefully. Without the cross, I reach out to God. I wouldn't reach out to God. I've got to stress that. I wouldn't be reaching out to God without the cross. But let's suppose for a second that I would or you would. God, I want to be close to you. God's righteousness steps up. And understand, God's righteousness is that characteristic of God that always does 100% what is right. That's God's righteousness. Do you understand that God always does 100% what is right? He does not vary from it one tiny bit. That's one of the major differences between God and and men is that the best of men can stray from his character. The most honest man is still capable of telling a lie. The man with the most integrity is still capable of cheating and stealing. But God does not violate his character Not in the slightest little bit. He is incapable of violating his own character. And so we say to God without the cross, God, I want to be close to you. And God's righteousness says, you can't be close to me. But why? I I want to be close to you. And God's righteousness, that part of God that always does exactly what is right, says, You can't be close to me because your sin is in the way. 
Your sin stands between you and me. Do you understand? Look, you've been invited to Jesus Christ before, and you've heard the invitation, whosoever will may come. Do you understand that without the cross, there is no invitation to be close to God? There is no possibility of being close to God. That without the cross, all you get and all I get is God's everlasting cold shoulder. And without the cross... That never changes. And why is that? Because God's rude? No, because God is righteous. And his righteousness says your sin stands in the way. In fact, if you want to know the truth, without the cross, God's righteousness doesn't even respond to us. We don't even get an audience with God without the cross. God! I come to God without the cross when I say, God, I want to be close to you. I want to know you. And God's holiness speaks. God's holiness is that part of God which is 100% completely separated from all sin. God cannot have anything to do with sin. That's why when Jesus hung on the cross, by the way, that it turned pitch black because God turned his back on his own son. The greatest separation in the history of the human race is when God the Father and God the Son were torn apart by my sin and your sin. And the earth turned black. That's because God is holy and God's holiness cannot touch my sin. God's holiness cannot touch our lies, our hatred, our lust, our greed, our selfishness, every part of us that violates every inch of the Ten Commandments, God cannot touch any part of it. And so when I go to God without the cross and I say, God, I want to be close to you, God's holiness steps up and says, that's not possible. We cannot be close. Why? Because your sin is in the way. God's righteousness says, your sin stands between me and you. God's holiness says, your sin stands between me and you. I go to God without the cross and I say, God, I want to be close to you. I want to know you. God, I, I want to know my creator. And God's justice speaks up. And says, that's not possible. We cannot be close. But why? God's justice is that part of God which always, always, always makes sure that right is rewarded and evil is punished. God is absolutely just. Listen, you may look and say, life's not fair. Life may not be fair, but God is always fair. It may not make sense to you. By the way, someday when, you, when we get to heaven and we have a perfect understanding, we will look at all the circumstances in life, and believe it or not, we will actually look at circumstances and say, oh, now I understand why that person, that innocent person, got a disease and they didn't do anything. To now, that makes perfect sense. That's totally, totally just and fair. You say, I don't see how that could ever be fair. I don't, you know, I don't see how, how Newtown is ever, ever right or, or fair. But when we see 
from God's perspective, it all totally makes sense to us. See, I, Pastor, I think, I think it's, it's, it's rude and unkind to even make such a statement. Yeah, that's because you can see what you can see, but you can't see what God can see. God is always right and fair and just. Life's not fair, and the reason life's not fair is because of our sin. So I go to God without the cross and I say, God, I want to be close to you. And God's justice says, can't do that. But why? Because, because your sin stands in the way. And that part of God's character, his justice, which always punishes wickedness and always rewards right, without fail, without variation, God never departs from his justice. And God's justice says, no. But now, the mercy of God. I appeal to God's mercy and I say, God, I, I've heard that you're a merciful God. And so I know what your righteousness says and, and I know what your justice says and I know what your holiness says, but what about your mercy? I want you to understand something about justice and mercy. Even a human judge, I mean a man who stands with a robe and he decides your fate. You know, it's when somebody else has committed a crime, we want the judge to lay down the law. But when it's our traffic ticket, we want mercy. Listen carefully. It is the job of the judge to do justice all the time. When a judge shows mercy, he's not doing his job of justice. Now, I'm not saying that a judge of the law should never show mercy. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when he does show mercy, he is departing from his job of performing justice. To whatever extent he shows mercy, he has to neglect justice a little bit. Because mercy is when you do not receive the punishment that you deserve. Now, wait a second. If God is 100% true to his character all the time, and he is, if he's going to be merciful to us, he has to depart from justice. But if he's going to be totally just, he has to abandon mercy. So what does he do? Because he is a God of justice, and he is a God of mercy. And there's only one answer to that conundrum, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. Because the cross is God's mercy. But wait a minute. The cross is also the satisfying of God's righteousness. How? Because Jesus was 100% righteous. We were 100% sinful. And at the cross, he took our sin and gave us his righteousness. If we want it. 
So righteousness was fully satisfied and expressed at the cross, but also so was justice. Because justice's only requirement was, hey, they've all sinned, and that sin's got to be punished. And at the cross, sin was punished. So the cross fully expresses God's mercy. It totally satisfies God's justice. And it completely fulfills God's righteousness. It also satisfies God's holiness. God's holiness which said, I can't touch sin. I can't have anything to do with sin. I can't talk to uh, sin. I can't hear from sin. I can have nothing to do with sin. People who, you know, we have all kinds of philosophies these days. You know, my, my... My image of God is that he just, whatever, you know, I believe God in my own way and he just accepts us as we are and yada, yada. Not without the cross. No, none of that's true. Because without the cross, God's holiness cannot accept us as we are. Listen, God's justice demands that sin be punished. So if you think that, you know, you can just sort of just sort of stroll up to God and say, you know, God, you know, you know, I wasn't one of them religious dudes. I just sort of did my thing and we just went out, we hung out together and you pounded God. Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. Because God's justice is going to stand in the way and say, no, you don't come here. Because you have sin that has never been paid for. But what changes that, the only thing that changes that, is the cross. Let's read again the statement. It said, verse 77, the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God. Now I remind you again that the word remission means removal. Sin is removed by the mercy of God. And that only happens, the only place it has ever happened in the history of the human race is at the cross. The cross is the ultimate show of God's mercy. And I would dare say, if you, if you uh, narrow it down, the cross is the only show of God's mercy. Without the cross, there is no mercy of God anywhere. Because God's mercy could not be expressed and could not be carried out until justice and righteousness and holiness were fully satisfied. But at the cross, they all come together. Love, grace, mercy, justice, righteousness, holiness. They're all satisfied at the cross. And after man's sin has been completely paid for, removed the remission of sins. Our sins are removed. They're taken out of the equation. Jesus is dead. He suffers our hell. He used death to conquer sin. And then when he rose again, he used life to conquer death. Everything that is the enemy of your soul has been cared for by Jesus Christ through his death and his resurrection. Now what stands between you and God? What stands between you and God is still your sin, but now you have the remedy, the only remedy. And that's why when people say, well, you know, 
You, you, Christianity works for me, but this other thing, this works for me and this works for them, whatever works for No, the reason that only the message of the gospel works is because it's the only message that provides a remedy for sin. There's only one way to remove sin, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. You come to the cross of Jesus Christ by faith, by, and you receive him as a matter of grace. You can't work your way to God because justice won't let you. You can't attend church week after week your whole life long and expect that to get you to God because righteous, righteousness says that that doesn't work. Sin must be removed. And the cross removed our sin. And the empty tomb confirms that the work of the cross was complete. It's all done. It's all done. Because the tomb is empty, the song says, my life is full. His absence from the grave is overflowing my soul. And knowing he's alive fills this void that was inside. Because the tomb is empty, my life is full. Let's bow our heads together. Father, this morning, this is the message of all the ages. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. He rose again, conquered death. And everything that stands between me and God has been removed by the cross and the empty tomb. Lord, I believe that most of the people in this room have made the decision to step from death into life by receiving Jesus Christ. But I pray if there's one person here this morning who has never made that choice, I pray they'd make that decision today. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning.